Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of City A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio told like it is. I'm Frank Crivello and back with us, Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing? You miss me? <laughs> uh, yes, I missed the salute. Alex oh. and Jerry don't know how to do the salute. They don't know they don't know their Larry's Abisco. Oh my goodness. It's, oh my it's, goodness. It's, it's it's so frustrating. I you know it's and it's not even like Larry Zabisco was my favorite wrestler. I just enjoyed the <laughs> you know at the beginning of the WCW Nitros back in the days. So yeah. um, David Guarascio in the house. Ciao ciao. Yeah, good to have Absolutely. you with us. Um, if you are uh, new to the channel, please subscribe. Drop a like. Means a lot to us. If you're watching us here on YouTube, um, if you're listening to us in podcast form, drop a like at the platform that you're listening to. Uh, always uh, means a lot to us. So, uh, how have things been? You feeling all right? Uh, you got the jaws moving now, and you're uh, you're chatting away, right? A little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been a, a slow. Pro- I thought I was going to heal in like a couple days. Um, and no, I just started feeling better yesterday. Really, that I can start talking more. Um, but yeah, it's getting better and better every day. It just, my mouth gets really, really sore. I probably should take my meds before this, uh, podcast, but oh, well, we'll we'll live and learn. Right. Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my, uh, my, my, um, it's, it's a lakefront premium lager today is what we're going with. Just something a little bit lighter, just, just enough to keep the whistle wet. So I got to stay smart with this one. You know, (laughs) alcohol doesn't mix with certain things. I used to when I was when I had my wisdom teeth pulled. I had the Vicodin, uh, the stuff that Brett Favre was hooked on. Oh so, yeah, yeah. And I had that with alcohol, and it was just like uh, yeah. I wanted I it, to. It, the Vicodin made me so damn wary. And then you're you're drinking, and you're like, you want to go to sleep, but you can't. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, <sighs> those are some those are some rough days. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Uh, so enough about that, and uh, how about what uh, is uh, going on on the pitch? Uh, we weren't going to talk about it, but I guess we might as well because it was a derby and it was in Copa Italia. Um, Milan and Inter uh, took to the pitch in the quarterfinals, Richard. Um, the lineups had some changes, not a lot. So yeah. it had, you know, to me, when I looked at these lineups, I mean, the the, the manage were, managers were probably semi-interested in winning this game. Um, you know, so and it's a derby uh, after all, right? And it's a derby, yeah. And did anyone catch the audio from Ibra and, and Lukaku? Ibra's going, yeah, Ibra's yeah. going off on everybody, and I think it's the old man syndrome setting in. He went off on, he went off on Zapata on Sun uh, on Saturday too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have more goals than you have matches played, or something to that effect. But yeah, yeah, that's the only good thing you about having no audio. And they were speaking in English too, so I guess it helps the non the non Italian speakers uh, understand even better, especially with no fans there. You could understand most of what was going on outside of the announcer. So. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was some quality stuff. So, thoughts on the lineups, though. You know, some subtle changes here and there. You know, uh, Milan certainly tried to go. I, I think Milan tried to go as strong as they could. Calabria didn't start. Dallo did. Um, you know, Tonali didn't start. Maite did. Um, you know, Salamakers returned to the lineup. Um, and then Inter really, you know, Hakimi didn't start, Bastoni didn't start, and Lataro didn't start. So, you know, Conte even was, uh, you know, making some changes without, you know, you know getting totally weak. So, let Kolarov, me to believe I don't that, know, That's pretty weak. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> let me to believe that these managers were semi-interested in trying to win this game. Yeah, you know, it's a big derby game, and 
I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a right to go to the Copitalia semifinals, and uh, it, it does mean something to both these clubs. They do want to win a trophy. It's harder and harder these days, especially Juventus hogging all the trophies these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a fairly strong lineup. Um, you know, I was happy to see Miete for, for uh, Milan in particular. Uh, I think Michael Lisi put out a tweet about, you know, Milan's record with Salamakers in the lineup and how, how good they are with him in there, whether he's contributing or not. The team is very good when he's there, obviously, with Ibrahimovic as well. And then you look at the inner side. Um, Alexis Sanchez up top instead of Larturo. And, and, you know, any of those three guys up top, it's going to be a dangerous uh, mix for them. So I thought that was a good, strong, good, strong attacking uh, duo for, for Inter. Um, you had some, obviously, the midfield is going to be strong with Brozovic, Barella, and, um, and uh, Vidal. But, you know, having guys like Perisic, who's not having the greatest of years, Kolarov, um, it's it's. I know a lot of Interisi when the lineup was leaked. I guess you know a day before the game, they were worried because obviously some of those names that were struggling this season and teams who uh, players who've done really poor against Milan in the first derby this season. Um, Kolarov in particular, as uh, Martino Puccio says, uh, he's uh, been Milan's best player over the first two <laughs> derbies. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's a fairly strong lineup for both teams, but I, there were some uh, interesting subtle moves, like like you say. And uh, I think overall, yeah. I think both teams wanted this uh, victory. But Inter, uh, you know, in the first half certainly had the better run of play. I mean, at the beginning, Milan found a little bit of joy. But then as the game wore on, it was Inter that was certainly pressing and looking more dangerous. And then um, in the uh, somewhat against the run of play, 31st minute, Zlatan Ibrahimovic finds a little bit of space. And uh, yeah, he also found uh, Kolarov in front of him. And he said, OK, I'm going to shoot. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I would have done the same thing. Put Milan uh, ahead by a goal to nil. Thoughts on the goal? Yeah, uh, brilliant, brilliant goal by by Ibrahimovic. I mean, obviously, you know, as a defender, you'd want Kolarov to do a lot more than he did. Uh, left his legs wide open for Zlatan. But Zlatan, you know, pinpoint shot uh, right into the corner. Uh, had Handanovic frozen at his feet, couldn't do anything about it. Uh, just he's smart enough to hit it low and hard to the far post, and he got that post and it went in. Uh, so good goal by him, you know, for him to hold it up and not just give away the ball or give it to somebody else. He, he saw who was in front of him, and he, he took advantage of it. And I think that's what you need to do when you see Kolarov or someone of his elk uh, in front of you. So uh, good on him with the goal. And uh, again, another big goal by Ibra in a, in a big, big derby game. So uh, not surprising you knew that big big names would come out in this one. And uh, obviously one of the bigger ones uh, showed up early with uh, with Milan. Right. Um, it, 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 Milan also this first half came at a cost for them. Sim, uh, Simon Kier. Yeah. Um, we, we learned how to actually pronounce that name now. Um and, and how he wants it, how, how he wants it pronounced. So uh, Simon Kier got hurt. I think that this was the one frustration I had as a Milan supporter with uh, this being a cup game. I, I would, this is not a game that I wanted to see Kier start. I would have liked, you know, start Kalulu, start, you know, play Tomori from the start. And I, and I, and I get it hindsight's 2020, but this was probably the one guy that Milan, I don't think needed to start in this game. But interestingly enough, there was kind of a correlation for me um, from the beginning of the game where Milan were pressing and, and getting control. And then once Kyer went out of the game and it was Tomori that had to come on, that changed. I think that Milan decided to cede possession just because, okay, we got a new center back here that we haven't played with. Yeah. Uh, and we and we're doing this in a derby. Let's um let's let's just make sure that we're organized. Let's make sure that we have cover for Tomori. Let's make sure that we we do that, and I, it, it seemed to be that that was the way they were going to go, take their chances on the counter, and I think that that was even more evident uh, once Ibrahimovic gave them the lead. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, to, to start the game, Inter did very well to to really be uh, on the onus of uh, possession and and really dictating the game. Milan started growing into it, got that goal like you mentioned, and then once that injury, obviously when the injury happened, they decided you know, hey, I, we gotta be smart about this. I thought Kalulu was gonna come in, and then when you know when Tamori came in, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not Kalulu. Wait, oh, oh, okay, Tamori's in there. Hey, uh, so yeah, I think I think your points are correct where they try to really you know help him out, be a little bit more sound defensively try to hold that lead because this it, this is a team that certainly can hold that lead there uh romagnoli obviously has to have a bigger a uh, bigger role in this now that uh kiara is not in there so um yeah i wasn't too surprised by that and obviously you know as the game wore on it started to be feeling more and more like a derby right and then uh yep. tepper's getting fucking flared up in the just before halftime there yeah, the uh, the the uh, lovely civil conversation that went on between Romelu Lukaku and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, a lot uh, of a lot of words were said between the two, uh, and and people are making some uh, some outlandish remarks about uh, what was said and what was not. But I think the thing that set no one's everyone can agree on that Lukaku has never been this incensed in a long time. People are like, oh my god, he was really pissed off. What did he say? And I think the comment that triggered him was the comment that that I heard that Zlatan said, or you know, what's reported said that uh, he said that um, oh, what did he say? He said that uh, hey, go ask your mom, even she'll tell you that you're shit too. And he's like, oh, you want to talk about mom? And you keep you keep hearing him repeat, you want to talk about mom? Let's talk about mom. And he's, he made a comment about you know his Zlatan's wife, and they said a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of you know stuff. Uh, there were some comments made about the Everton days and, and Chelsea thing. And so, yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff was said between the two. Uh, they looked like they wanted to go. Uh, you rarely see a guy stand up to Zlatan. Uh, Lukaku's a big enough guy who can do it. But they both, uh, I mean, Zlatan was egging him on. He was certainly egging him on. Now, they both were talking shit. Um, and who knows if they fought in the, in the, in the hallway. Who knows? But it, it certainly got feisty. It looked like a derby. Yes, we have become soft as a society, Stephen. It's cancel culture. It's all that crap that's going on out there. Yeah. It's you know, I love a good yo mama joke. So um, it wasn't uh, even. It was. I mean, so my biggest fear when I heard initially when the rumors first started saying before I heard the audio was that maybe it was a Matarazzi incident, you know, like with Zidane, and you don't want something like that. Uh, but sure. what is what he was, you know, what what I heard end up saying was that you know, said ask your mom about you. You are she'll say your shit too. Which I was like, okay, well that's that's kind of funny. It's I mean, I sure. wouldn't I wouldn't go to that level, but it's funny. Yeah. yeah, Uncle Sharma's is in the house. Congratulations yeah. on the uh, on the win um, in the uh, contest to determine who the world's tallest midget is. Great job! <laughs> I tried to <laughs> couch your winner from last um, week, huh? Right, right, right. Uh, he's you know I, I don't know if he has any entries. I haven't had a chance to take a deep dive into the who won. Uh, Sounds like a personal problem, Uncle Sharma. Yep, that's the problem. We always think the worst. That's absolutely true, uh, Steve. Yeah. Well, all of those antics. Um, Earned uh, a yellow, earned uh, Zlatan and Lukaku a yellow card for that yeah. argument. The referee was not impressed, no. um, and it would prove costly in the 58th minute. Zlatan gets a second yellow for a foul and gets sent off in this match. Yeah, you know uh, that was certainly a stupid play by him. Uh, I mean, first of all, if 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 I were um, if I were Abraham Diaz, I would have said taking all the credit for that foul. If you're smart enough, you see, okay, he's already on a yellow. Why I'm going to take the credit for that foul? Hopefully, he doesn't get that yellow and referee, you know, falls for. But no, it was Latan on Kolarov of all people at at center pitch. You know, gets on his ankle, steps on him, unnecessary, unnecessary foul. I mean, this guy's slow as brick, and you're gonna you're gonna t tackle him for unnecessarily. That's stupid. It was a stupid yellow. Um, and he really cost the game. I mean, it, it looked like he was getting under Lukaku's skin in that first half, and maybe Lukaku could get a red. But Zlatan does something stupid like that, and he he costs us. After he got the red card, uh, things really changed around, and it looked like in, it was almost inevitable that Inter was going to win the game because of that. I mean, you're down 10 men against a really good team, 
not the smartest play by Zlatan. And I know he apologized afterward, but he know, he's got to know better. And to David's point, uh, this this game had everything. Even the referee got hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's a, tar- a true derby. The referee got hurt. Uh, I think he just wanted to get out of there, man. I I, I don't know because he smartly blew the whistle at the end of the first half, like right away, because he's like, "We're getting out of here." Uh, and then the fourth official had to take over. But uh, yeah, it's, it was a it was, it was a it was a good derby, I thought overall. Um, and uh, yeah, it just uh, I mean I agree with uh, De- uh, Stevie about the second yellow being uh, a weak one, but it was a stupid foul nonetheless, and Ebra should have gotten that. I mean, I don't know. It was, it's a derby. It's a derby. What do you want? Yep. Um, penalty, 71st minute. Uh, the foul in the penalty area. It was a, it was a penalty. It was a... See, the, the funny thing is, and a lot of people are agreeing about this, that yes, when you watch the one replay, it looks stonewall penalty. Absolutely. Stupid of Liao to be down like that. He's not a defender. But then you look at the, every other replay and you're like, did he not touch him? Did Debrella jump? Did he dive? Like, so, I mean, I agree it's a penalty. But some of the optics of of every every angle, but the one look like eh, maybe he didn't touch him. But I agree, it's a stupid play by Liao. It's a penalty. Um, so uh, why was he doing? What was he doing back there? I don't know. Yep, yep. I I, I watched uh, I watched Steve's podcast on, uh, on 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 Monday night last night, and I, I learned a new new term, uh, Dick fuck all. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's. Uh, <laughs> And I guess I guess we can only use that when referring to Rafael Leao as Milan fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so, Steve, that was uh, that was well played, uh, to the point where like my wife wasn't even she was like sleep she was trying to sleep, and we were watching it. We had the TV on, and then she rolls over and she's like, "What the hell are you watching?" <laughs> <laughs> that's what the hell are you watching that somebody says dick fuck all i, and told them. <laughs> I, said, I pointed <laughs> and she's like oh those guys <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> oh my i mean hanging on for dear life but in the 97th minute uh christian erickson perhaps proves his value uh you know to enter and, and score poetic like justice three- almost yeah, somewhat, and scores a great free kick to win the match. As a Milan fan, I'm actually I'm mildly relieved, only because I mean, you know, I don't, I hate losing derbies. Let's just yeah. let's get that out in the open before everybody goes crazy. But I'm mildly relieved because, and Sabrina made a very good point on Twitter. I said I'm not sure I would have been excited about ten men having to play another thirty minutes. Yeah, um, you know, if it had gotten to that, you know, it, this one's a loss. Don't drag it out any further. Let's focus on the league now. Um, I kind of, kind of agreed with that. As much as I want to beat Inter every time, as a Milan, as a Milan supporter, but it's what it is. So, um, did you think there was a foul on the play that led to the Erickson free kick? Initially, yeah, I did, and then I saw a couple of replays where it looked like it was a blatant dive by Laturo. Um, but like I said, when I was watching live, I thought it was a foul. I was like, oh, that's a stupid play. Why would you do that at the end of the game? And as soon as I saw Erickson is on the pitch, I'm like, this is going to go in and watch. It's going to go in. And sure enough, it did. Only way that goal would have been better, uh, even as a, as a Milan supporter, is if he scored a goal, ran over to Conte, pulled the shorts down, and told him, you know, suck it or something like that. That, that would, have been, would have been better but for me. But, uh, yeah, the, the foul, you know, if it's true that he did die, that's, that's a sucky way to end the game. But don't put yourself in positions, right, to be in that. You know, we've talked about that many times, especially with penalties. Don't stick your leg out if you're gonna get if your guy's gonna dive. You know, be smart yep. about what you're doing, especially defensively in a big game. Teams that 
have lethal set-piece takers, even like Erickson. Yeah, maybe he hasn't scored in a while, but he's still a lethal free-kick taker. Don't give him that opportunity. All he needs is one, right? Ronaldo, all he needs is one. So don't give these guys the opportunity to go down and then, you know, lead to a free easy free-kick. Yep. So it ends 2-1 to Inter. Um, I went to Twitter after the game and said, meh. I mean, it just was like, it was, you, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm in, and there's we had a lot of Milan fans here in the chat right now. Even and Uncle Sharma, Tatarus, soft. Even Uncle Sharma saying, you know, it's soft, soft but a foul. Yeah. Tatarasano was great. Man, the um, match for me for Milan for me. Yep, helped keep them in it. And um, uh, Tomori, uh, his debut. I thought he was all right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he wasn't. He wasn't a catastrophe. Um, you know, for having to be thrown into a crazy situation like this and. You know, it almost speaks to that situation. I mean, Kalulu, this is how he got started. Kyer got hurt, and and Kalulu had to come in, and you know, and people and the and the pundits were saying the same thing. And for a young player, probably a better situation to just be thrown in as a substitute versus being told the night before that you're going to start. Think about it and not sleep. Right, right. So you know, so he could play on instinct and you know, and that sort of thing. So that was that was pleasant to see, at least from the Milan side. I think Kessie was his usual ground covering self. On the inter side, um, Lukaku obviously was quite influential in this game. I thought their midfield again was was good. But um, was probably one Barella of the best players. But was one of the best players in this match. I thought Brozovic was very good, and I thought you know Vidal didn't uh, uh, mess up too much. So. I was. I was surprised that when when I saw Hakimi come in at halftime, after halftime, I thought, okay, here they go. They're going to exploit Teo Hernandez and are really going to come down the right flank. And I didn't think he was as big an impact as he was in the first derby. Uh, he had a yeah. couple opportunities with shots from distance, but he was fairly quiet overall. I think you're right about that midfield was was excellent for Inter. Um, and obviously, you know, Lukaku getting the goal that he, he felt he deserved, and especially after what happened in that first half. And Alexis Sanchez, I thought, was pretty good overall. Uh, very smart play, very smart with the ball and uh, avoiding yep. tackles. So, yeah, they Inter deserved a win for sure. Yep. Uh, based on the full 90, I say Inter is the best team. You know, now had certain events didn't happen in that game, it's a different story we're talking about. The first 45 or first, you know, 50 minutes, I said it's Milan had the better, slightly better of the play, but Inter, kudos to them. They won. Um, and now they get to go to the semifinals. But the first two legs, I guess they're without uh, Lukaku and maybe Hakimi, maybe. So, is it Hakimi? I believe it's Hakimi got a late yellow in that game, so okay. um, we'll see who they who they have to play. But uh, yeah, they, they they deserve to go on, and uh, hey, maybe they'll get a trophy this year after all. We'll see. Yep. There's still yep. a couple of up for grabs, right? Yep, there are. Congratulations, Inter, on the win. Milan can now focus on the league. Um, Maite was horrible today, even though he got the assist. I think it's just an issue of, I think in Maite, you have a somewhat decent player, but what is he right now in this Milan team? Yeah. You know, because he's not a, you know, in the Atalanta game, I think he was out of position. Um, I think that he makes much more sense in the double pivot, but I also think that there's been almost no time to play him in that role, no time to train him next to Kessie in that role. Um, So, uh, you know, so that's, that one, that's, that's one that's going to, you know, take some time, you know, yeah. there's some talent there. It's just trying yeah. to make the right use of it. So, um, you know, and I think that he's going to be one of those that it's going to take him some time to, to, to play his way in. So, um, anyway, um, so I think that that's all we need to say about Copa Italia match. Okay. Uh, the rest of the podcast, we've got match week 19. We're going to whip right through that. Uh, because because since we've at the reached the end of match week 19, it means we're halfway through the season. It means squadra finora, 
That's right. Um, and it also means our crap on a cracker 11. And uh, this is, you know, what, what people would consider a flap 11. Now, there are a lot of people out there that'll do a flap 11 and they'll put players in the team that made big money moves and never saw the pitch and say, well, he's a flop. Well, did he did he play enough for you to, to show that he was a flop? No, yeah. he didn't. Our, our crap on a cracker team, you had to have gone out and played and proved to Italy, proved to us that you sucked. Okay. So and you can't put Manzukic on there, even though he just joined Milan? <laughs> right. You could be a bad player on a bad team, or you could have been bad relative to expectations. We've got a combination of those in our team when yep. we get into that. And of course, who on Calcio Twitter? We always have time for that. So, always. Um, so, uh, so that's the rest of it. Uh, Richard, do you want to start off with about the first half of games here for us? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So uh, starting off, we have Benevento hosting Torino. Uh, game started out very well for Benevento. They scored a penalty in the 31st minute goal by Viola. Uh, had that lead going into halftime. Coming out of the break, Lapadula would score a nice little sidekick. Uh, make it 2-0, but immediately Zaza responded uh, in 51st minute with a goal. And then in stoppage time, Zaza would get a brace. 2-2, uh, that game ends there. Uh, Spezia Roma, that game was the goal fest of the, all the games you would have saw this weekend. That would have not been the game that I would have picked as the goal, uh, goal fest. Uh, goal scoring started early. Mayoral, uh, goal in the 17th minute, made a one, nothing, uh, that would be countered by Spezia on the 24th by Piccoli. Nice little goal there. Make it one, one, uh, Mayoral would get a brace in the 52nd minute, two to one at that point. Diego Farias, uh, he came up big in this game. Um, he got a goal, made it two, two, uh, oh, Excuse me, Karlsdrup has scored just before him. So three quick goals within like a seven-minute span there. Uh, so it was 3-2 at that point when Faria scored. Um, and then uh, Verde would get a goal in the 90th minute, make it 3-3. And you're thinking, oh, this game's over. But uh, in stoppage time, uh, Pellegrini scores a goal, takes his jersey off, celebrates. Uh, it was a pretty crazy game overall. Lots of goals, lots of good playing in that game. Uh, that midfield for Roma did find a way to get the win. Uh a team against like Spezia, which you expect them to to handle pretty 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 easily, uh, wasn't as easy as they'd hoped, and especially after that loss to the Coppa Italia to them uh, last week. So, um, a big game, Milan hosting Atalanta. Uh, Atalanta struggled a, a few days earlier against Udinese, so maybe they're looking at a bounce back, and they had a big bounce back in this one. I thought this was an excellent job by Gasparini and his men, uh, winning three nothing on the road. Uh, Romero get a goal in the 26th minute, a nice pass from Gostens over the top where uh, he outjumped the defender and a uh, nice little diving play and make it one nothing. There would be a penalty in the 53rd minute. Uh, Frank Kessier would do an elbow on Ilicic. Uh, blood was on his face, so it looked like it was a legit penalty there. Uh, Ilicic should step up, <laughs> score a goal. And then Zapata in the 77th minute. Make it it's not a legit nothing. penalty unless we see blood, damn it. That's right. That's right. A man's penalty there, right? Uh, so 3-0 Atalanta, embarrassing Milan at home. Uh, they win that game. Udinese entered a stinker of the weekend, 0-0. Uh, uh, lots. It's one-sided football, but uh, Musso Conte, and Conte company. got sent off. Oh, what's, what's new, right? Conte got sent <laughs> off. Uh, didn't help his team much at all. And uh, yeah, they ended up losing that game. And then uh, the last game to round up my slate, Fiorentina hosting Crotone and uh, one of the goals of the week uh, by Bonaventura. A wonderful off the chest and nice volley uh, past the keeper, past Cordaz. Uh, 1-0 at that point in the 20th minute. Uh, Vlaovic would make it 2-0 in the 32nd minute. Uh, they had good control of the game, but Saimi would peg one back late in the uh, middle of the second half, 66th minute. Uh, 2-1 Fiorentino win. Uh, that's my batch of the first round of games. 
Um, well, first of all, last week we said on City Sit Down that uh, we told Roma, I said, you know what, you want, you might want to run this Meyerl kid out a little bit more and see what you got with him. Um, and uh, so they do it. And what does he do? He gets a brace. Um, you know, so so that was good. I, the game environment worked for Roma for the way they play. We've been talking about this countlessly now, Richard. Roma want to counter. Okay, yeah. they, that's what they're good at. That's how they score their goals. They don't want a boss possession. They're not going to win games um, with sixty to sixty-five possession, percent possession. They're going to win games with forty-five percent possession tops, where they're going to invite you to come forward, and then they're going to go the other way. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's uh, you know, and that's what happened here. Spezia had that edge in possession, and Roma was able to hit on the counter. I think all of their goals were counterattack goals too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm really not mistaken. Well yeah, yeah, really well done. Um, you know, so there was there was that to unpack. Uh, you know, the Milan were just dreadful. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, you go and listen to Milan Weekly podcast yesterday. They'll they they have that covered head to toe. Um, there it is. Milan was pure shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the goals, the way they conceded them. I mean, it was uh, it was. It was calamitous. I mean, they they had, uh, you know, everybody just froze. They were just bullied by the ball back, Yeah, when they played the ball backwards and they invited Gozens to cross it and Kalulu lets his man uh, stay on side. And I made the comment on Twitter. I said, we, Milan just allowed Atalanta's worst player to score on them. Um, yeah. So in Romero. And then it was a dumb penalty by Cassier. I don't think, you know, I don't know what Ilicic would have done in that particular situation. Right, where it's that where it were warranted Cassie being over there, um, you know. So it was just an uncharacteristic thing. And then after that, you know, Atalanta just get a goal because Milan are just so disjointed and spread out, trying to go forward and trying to get back into the game. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's uh, you know, it was a comprehensive performance from Atalanta. Um, it's a it's it's one that's invited them right back into the top four chase. It's one that's invited them back into the title race somewhat. Uh, so it was, uh, it was a great win for them. The combination of them and then inter drawing at, at Udinese opened the door for everybody else. Um, you know, it's, uh, inter, you know, denied by Musso, uh, four nice saves from him. Um, but this is why it's hard to trust inter as a title favorite because for as completed performances they could have the week before at Juve, against Juve, they go on the road against Udinese. They should be expected to win. They played their strongest team and, and they can't break down Udinese. Um, you know, and it's not like Udinese is airtight, uh, you know, 28 goals conceded in 19 matches. So, um, you know, so the two Milan clubs really bad Saturday for them. Um, uh, you know, let's come back to, uh, Milan here. Uh, Ricky Buzz is with us. Ricky, good to see you. Uh, Steve's asking how important is Benazer and Hakan to this Milan for the 19 games left? They're absolutely important. I mean, I think the yes. continuity of, of Benazer and Cassie in that double pivot, that they're fit, that they don't get into, um, you know, trouble from a discipline standpoint, uh, is going to be critical down the stretch. You know, if they can play as many games as possible, um, you know, to give themselves a chance here in this in this Scudetto race because the the combination of them is their best option in that role in that four two three one setup of Pioli's. Um, you know, Lukaku got his revenge. Okay, yeah, he got a penalty. Um, so, uh, you know, that's fine. Um, you know, Ibra got sent off. We talked about we we covered all that already. Um, other than that, from your games, um, 
you know, uh, Benevento just was, uh, you know, you got to put those away. I mean, they're in a safe position right now, table wise, but yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, Steve just wants to fight everybody in chat today. Are you looking at this? <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, Zaza getting two goals. The, the second goal was one of my goal of the week candidates only because of the Belotti pass. Yeah. A lot of good um, passes this week. Goals. Yeah, there were some good okay. passes. The goals, there's one good goal all weekend. It was Bonaventura's. Right. So, um, you know, the rest of these were, you know, at the end of team play, at the end of a pass or here, here or there. There wasn't any anything magnificent. You could probably make an argument for DeMarco's goal too, uh, which we'll talk about here shortly. So that's that's what I've got out of those five games, really. Uh, Torino, 62% possession, 16 shots. Um, you know, and a lot of that came after they fell behind 2-0. So, yeah. um, but, I mean, that's that that's what I have. I don't know what you had out of those five games beyond what we talked about. Nah, but. that's about, you got to cover there. That's pretty, that's pretty much right. what I would have said, so. So I'll move on, and I think Serie A took into consideration the fact that we split the, the, the match days, and they gave, you know, they made sure it was like five Sunday games, and then you got like the four Saturday, then one Friday, then I get the five Sunday, so it evens out, so we're not cutting into the Sunday to finish it out, so. I know, it's thank up. you. Thank you, Serie A. Great job with the, uh, uh, with the scheduling this, this past weekend. Just, let's work on the racism now. Um, <laughs> Uh, it opened with Sunday morning, uh, Juvent Juventus hosting Bologna. Um, Juventus winning 2-0, Arthur with a goal, McKenney with a goal. Um, and you know what? 2-0 flatters Bologna. I hit that was uh, nine saves for Skorupski in this game. Uh, this should have been a runaway for Juve. Uh, they just uh, they, they ran into Skorupski, who otherwise this could have been about a 6 or 7-0 uh, game here. So. Yeah. Um, but Juve getting a crucial win to get them back into the picture here for the Scudetto. Uh, Genoa beats Cagliari by a goal to nil. Cagliari had 59% possession, 14 shots, but Mattia Destro, after a well-worked team move by Genoa, Mattia Destro scoring again. Um, wh what the hell happened to Serie A? That Mattia He's just Destro, trying to spite that, you. He's that, just trying to spite you, man. Is that eight goals for him now? Seven, seven or eight, seven or eight, seven. yeah. But, I mean, this is indicative of a Davide Ballardini managed Genoa. Cagliari, 59% possession, 14 shots. And then Genoa goes and shithouses it the other way. Um, the Genoa up to 16th now and four points clear of safety. Uh, you know, there was a few weeks yeah. ago where we wondered if that was even possible. So, you know, under the radar, Ballardini putting in this system that nobody likes to play against and getting results. Uh, he drew Atalanta nil-nil, by the way, uh, you know, recently as well. So, uh, Hellas Verona with uh, with a three one win over Napoli. Uh, Herving Lothano scoring uh, about seven or eight seconds into the match. It wasn't the fastest goal in the history of Serie A. That's still Leao's. Um, but uh, Hellas Verona would win this through Federico Di Marco with a goal of the week can candidate Antonin Barak and then Mattia Zaccagni uh, getting on the score sheet. Good open game here between these two. It was Verona, who was far more dangerous on goal and far more dangerous with their chances. Not something that you say often about Napoli these days. Um, Lazio 2, Sassuolo 1. It opened with Caputo scoring for Sassuolo. Uh, Milinkovic Savic with a towering header in the uh, in the second half. Yeah. Or was it? No, it was toward the end of the first half. Toward first the end of the first half. Yeah, first yeah, half. half. And then Chiro Immobile with the winner. Lazio outshot Sassuolo 20 to 5 yeah. um, in this game. And then Sampdoria 2. 
uh, at Parma nil. Yoshida and Kate Baldi. It was Emilio Dero keeping the clean sheet for Sampdoria with six saves. Uh, where do you want to start with those? Uh, start with the champions, reigning champions. Uh, Juventus, uh, yeah, it was complete domination against Bologna. I mean, I don't know what what to say. I don't even know how to defend Bologna. I mean, this is a team that is underachieving, especially, well, especially against Juventus. I, I, I th- this is a game that you would think they would give Juventus kind of trouble. They should in these kind of games. They have the you know, the quality to make it difficult for uh, opponents. They did not. Uh, and you got to give credit to Juventus for uh, for stepping up and playing very well. Uh, somebody, I don't know who, kept saying that, hey, this McKinney guy is really good at headers and corners. Uh, and he put he got another goal. He's got, what, like four goals now or something? He's he's probably signing the season for them, uh, playing really, really well for them. All I hear is praise uh, from the Juventus camp on them. And Arthur getting his first goal, deflection or not, it's a goal, right? Um, but they found a way to win. And it's big for them because the you know, two Milan clubs uh, didn't do – well at all this weekend so they they got to make up ground um looking at the uh, at the genoa Cagliari game it's i'm so confused and perplexed by by Cagliari, and i hope george isn't in this chat if he is you know cover up your years but they're playing like shit and they're just not they're not finishing their ch- opportunities they're in the relegation battle at the moment why are they in the relegation battle if you look at this team from from top to bottom there's no reason they should be even close to relegation fight None. and yet with EDF, they're just not. It's not working at all. There's no chemistry there from from anywhere, and I don't know. And I mean, they, obviously, you got to give credit to Genoa to to still f- they're trying to fight this way out. Like you said, they've battled out of this relegation for now, and um, you know that that goal that Destro scored. I mean, it was a great team play. It was you know very very well worked by this by that team, and they're fighting. They're fighting. You know, game in and game out, and it just quality. I'm just I'm just so disappointed by them i mean and they're playing just so bad and yeah the games are close but they're still losing and that's and all that matters in this in this day and age is getting points and getting wins and and Kylie is failing to do that so um, yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm just le- leaves me speechless i don't know what Kylie how, how you feel about that game um well welcome to playing uh Ball- balladini's genoa and he's getting yeah. results yeah it's not like he's getting i mean Kylie is a talented team and they got to win against them they drew out to lanta nil nil they drew lazio um, yeah. you know, so they're, they're not, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you take a look at Genoa's form here in their last five games, two wins, two draws and a loss. Uh, they're definitely trending. So, I mean, I don't think that, you know, we can say, I mean, but Cali's making their own trouble too. Let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. Um, by wasting opportunities, missing, missing chances and, you know, and the like, and the quality is there for them to get it done. Uh, so, you know, you know, in this case, you're playing a Genoa team who is making life miserable on everybody again. Uh, but now you've got, you, you know, Calgary has created their own problems. There's really no getting around it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of another team that's creating their own problems, Napoli. I mean, they started out great. I can't figure this team out. One, one day, one game, they look amazing world beaters, you know, three, four goals in the first half. Another game, they just look completely average. I mean, it started out well, right? Lozano scoring gold seven, eight seconds into the match. But, you know, full credit to Hellas. I mean, you know, the job Juric is doing with his, with his club, uh, with a team that has Kalinic as one of your strikers, uh, it's an amazing job. And, uh, I mean, I think of all the top eight teams, Hellas has the best record head-to-head. That's amazing. I would never guess that. Uh, but they bounce back. They got players like Di Marco and Zaccagni. They both scored in this game. Uh, Barak is scoring again. You know, it's been a while since we thought we, you know, when he came first jumped on the scene at um, at Udinese. You know, there's a lot of hype about him, but then he kind of like faded away, and now he's starting to get some goals now. So you know, good for him. And Hellas, they just like we've said before, they you know they lose players and they just plug someone else in. And 
Uh, Jodic, I mean, he, he's got to be in the discussion for manager of the year uh, based on what Hellas is doing. If they find a way to get a European spot, look out. My goodness. Uh, we were saying, look at Sassuolo this year, but uh, Hellas could just sneak in there as well. Um, so good for them. I mean, it's a perplexing loss for Napoli. Uh, I know Gattuso and Insigne took that loss pretty hard, but um, you got to give credit to Hellas for they kind of like Ballardini and Genoa. They know they play a certain way, and it's going to be difficult against them, and they know how to punish you. Uh, so full credit to uh, to Hellas in that game. I thought it was, I thought it was a w- great response after giving up a punch in the face uh, one minute into the match. Yeah, it was it was an excellent response. Uh, joint top of the league in goals against um, with Juventus. Uh, Juventus still have another game to play. Ciao uh, Giuseppe against uh, Napoli. Ciao Giuseppe. Um, so it's um, yeah. I mean it's. They they suffer some losses, but they regroup and 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 they do it smartly, and they all of a sudden uh, put in a uh, you know put in another performance. Um, uh, so that was uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting distracted. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting distracted here. I got Steve asking if we want to talk a little Mercato, so um, I just wanted to. Uh, um, you know, get that uh, get that pulled up here because we can talk about that too. Since yeah. we didn't have any, since we really have one good goal all week, um, which was Bonaventura's volley for Fiorentina. Um, the rest of them were were good T- team play. I mean, nothing that made you think you know this could be a goal of the season candidate or anything yeah. like that. So we'll just we'll just say that okay, we've got um, we've got Bonaventura with the goal of the week, and we can just move on to talking a little Mercato. Yep, yeah, that works for me. Um, obviously the big name that's going to take a precedence, uh, at least today, officially Sevilla signed Papu Gomez. He's no longer an Atalanta player. And apparently he had his, uh, heartwarming video, a goodbye to Atalanta. Uh, well done there. And, uh, yeah, he's officially gone. We, we speculated whether he was going to stay or not. Uh, but he has moved on and it, it was inevitable, right? He's been sitting for how many games now? A healthy scratch. They, you know, even if you look on the website, yep. it says like, "Oh, he's injured." Coach's decisions. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. You say what you say what you want. So good for him. He's moving on. I would like to see him stay in Serie A. You like to see the talent stay, but um, yeah, give him a chance to go somewhere else. And uh, Atalanta is not going to miss him. They're going to miss his, his personality, but they got so many players. It's a plug and play system over there. They just find gems, and they're fine. They obviously beat Milan to crap. Um, a uh, big move, another move, move that happened today, you know, Hellas are probably screaming a little sigh of relief that Kalinic is not going to lead the line for them anymore. They got Kevin Lasagna, who was having a terrible season uh, at Udinese, but he is a good striker. He's on the Azzurri, uh, so he needed a change. Udinese needed him to go, and um, yeah, he's going to go to Hellas, and he's going to get fed the balls by Zakani, DeMarco, and company, and Barak. Uh, he's going to have a field day there. I think he's going to do well in the second half for, for Hellas uh, we thought they were dangerous. They're going to be even more dangerous now that they actually have a, a, a competent striker leading the way as opposed to Mr. Kalinic. That's a nice get. Uh, I, I can do victory laps because I think I've said on multiple uh, platforms, including this one, I've said it on Alex Donald's radio show that, I, that a destination for Papu Gomez could be Spain mm-hmm. uh, for a team that could be making that leap, um, You know, much like what Real Sociedad got with David Silva that this you know that a that a la liga team would might might want to take an interest in uh, acquiring papu gomez sevilla is an amazing fit for him well, let's just see what happens here because there are a ton of playmakers on that team um you know how they offload that and how they manage that is going to be interesting and how they 
you know, figure out how they fit Gomez's talents within that system will be, you know, will be interesting and exciting all at the same time. Atalanta will miss Papu. They didn't miss him on uh, Saturday, Steve. Um, and, uh, you know, I believe in Ilicic's talent. I believe in Malinowski's talent. And I really like Alexi Maranchuk. I touted him when, uh, when Atalanta made the move to get him in the offseason from the games that I watched him play for Lokomotiv Moscow in the Champions League. He's a guy that definitely fits what, uh, you know, the system and the way that Gasparini and Atalanta like to attack. I think that they'll, I think they'll be fine. Um, yeah. Papa so, was brilliant last season. He was yeah. MVP of the year to, for me. Uh, certainly, I mean, he, he was already had, he had crazy numbers last year. Um, easily, if you know, people were, you know, touting uh, Bruno Fernandez over at, uh, at United and you know, even some numbers of Chalanoli has. And Papa Gomez was even playing better than them. I mean, he was so good for them. Him and Illichich last year were amazing. Yeah, they're going to miss him. But I think, you know, Atalanta are in such a good spot with scouting and the players that they get that they're they're going to not really – they're going to miss him a little bit, obviously, but uh, I, I think they're going to be fine without him. Um, and hopefully he does really well at Sevilla. And uh, who knows, maybe if he'll find play against some Italian that's here in the, in the near future, you'll never know. Yep. Um, looks like uh, Verona also got uh, Stefano Storaro on loan from Genoa too. So yeah, decent pickup. That's a decent yeah. pickup there. Yeah, very decent pickup. So Hellas Verona, in a way, has you know made some reinforcements here. Milan just offloaded uh, Musacchio to Lazio. That's a strange. That's a win for game. Milan. <laughs> that is a weird one for me. Yeah. Um, Jerry, Jerry was on Twitter sugarcoating it. I said to him, I said that guy's a booking or a red card waiting to happen every time he steps on the pitch. Yeah. Um, you're gonna find yourself pretty unhappy with that guy. Uh, so, you know, we'll Milan uh, also got we'll rid of Conti, right? To Parma. Yep, off to Parma. Uh, and made his first appearance on Sunday too uh, against Sampdoria. Uh, didn't get a chance to pay attention to how well he played, but yeah, um, you know, Milan it's, had uh, uh, what three pickups of them of their own, right? They got uh, a Tamori that we mentioned. He played uh, Manzukic. They got another striker, a younger striker to back up uh, Zlatan. Yeah, a younger striker. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, uh, so he's he's gonna be backing up Zlatan, and then uh, Miete that we talked about. He also played uh, in the derby. So yeah, three three good pickups for Milan. I thought uh, overall, um, Alfred Duncan going from Fiorentina to Cagliari on a loan. That was an interesting move. Um, you think a Cochran coming to Fiorentina from Spartak Moscow? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting move. Yeah. Four, only for four and a half million. Absolutely a cheap move, but it was a great move, I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what he does uh, for them, but uh, I'm hearing good things uh, from the way he's played over there, and so I think it's going to be—I think it'll be a good fit for them, and uh, he should do well. Yep. So uh, that I think that covers the latest and greatest, uh, you know, transfers that went down over the last week or so. So yeah, yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, I, 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 you know, hard to point out any winners or losers. These guys need to get acclimated. They need to get into their teams a little bit, and yeah. you know, there's not going to be a lot of instant impact out of the guys that are in these teams. We'll see. I think lasagna's lasagna is yeah. has the best chance. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we'll see what happens uh, with that. So uh, your thoughts on the transfer market, go to at city. I sit down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, let's move on to some uh, mid season awards. Good and bad. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's get the crap out of the way because we don't like spending time on this, but we will. Um, <laughs> you know, it has to be done. Yeah, you have to give some attention to we it. We need okay. to call these people out for their poor play. Yep. 
Crap on a Cracker 11. Uh, this is our version of what people would consider the flop 11 of the first half of the season. Uh, you, like I said, you've got people out there that want to say, well, this guy made a move and then doesn't get a game, so he's a flop. No, you had to play, and you had to play a certain number. You had to have made a certain number of appearances, and you had to have proven you were garbage. Um, we have bad players on bad teams. We have players who are performing poorly relative to what the expectations are of them. We have a nice combination of the two. If you're um, in the chat, you know, definitely leave us a comment on who you think should be on this team. Cause I'm curious what other people think, but cause we got it, we got our own take and you know, if you Frank just laid it out, how we're going to go with it, but I'm curious what people think. So if you're in the chat, you know, definitely put some names in there who you think are crap performers this uh, first half of the season here. So. Agreed. Sorry, agreed. No, no problem. Uh, goalkeeper is Salvatore Sirigu of Torino. Um, yeah. we normally never see him playing this. I mean, he did the near post goal. He just gave up against Benevento on Friday yeah. is all you need, uh, you know, to know about how, how it's going for him. A lot of that is the tactics of John Paulo and the players not playing for him, but in the end, you're the shot stopper and Salvatore Sirigu still with the experience and with what he can bring to the table, shouldn't be conceding, shouldn't be in a situation where he's on a team that has conceded 37 goals in 19 games and in which he's played in most of them. I think there was another goalkeeper that stepped in there for a couple of games. Yeah. Can't remember the name. Um, oh, it was uh, Vanya uh, Milinkovic-Savic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, um, but uh, our goalkeeper is Salvatore Sirigu. This is a 4-4-2. Um, the back four um, is uh, right back Martin Casares of Fiorentina makes this list. Um, the center backs are Simone Jacoponi of Parma. Uh, and Sebastiano Luperto of Crotone. Yep. Uh, left back is Luca Pellegrini of Genoa. Um, and what's interesting is, is you know, Casares, you know, when he played with Juve, when he played a lot, he's been decent, but he has been utterly disappointing. He's been uh, brutal. He has been brutal. And, and Pellegrini is usually a guy that's middling. He's halfway decent, but it's just, it's not, not working. But yeah, it's not working at all. And, I mean, some of the some of the players at Genoa are working, but I mean, he's just not. It's just not the fit is not working at the moment. He needs to be in a, either another position or maybe another team. I don't know. Yep. Uh, moving into the midfield, the right midfielder is Federico Benedeschi of Juventus. Uh, midfield center midfield Luca Moroni of Crotone. Five yellow cards in fourteen appearances. All he does is run around and foul people. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of well, Lucas Lerer of Genoa, also makes this list. Just hasn't been inspiring is really the best way you can put it had been had been decent prior to this but uh has has definitely dropped off and then Ivan Perisic as a left midfielder as a left wing back but yeah. we're going to qualify him as a left midfielder it hasn't really worked out in the appearances that he has been given so um you know it's Perisic has been disappointing in his return coming back from Bayern Munich I, yeah. But some of this, I also would argue, is harsh because he's played. He, he is playing a little bit out of position. I don't think he's a wing back in a in a three five two. I think he's a left forward in a four three three, and I think that that's where he thrives. Yeah, that's true. But I think uh, as much as, as good as he's played in the past, you'd you'd expect someone of his elk to be able to adjust and be able to find ways to be productive, whether it's you know getting goals or getting assists or just being creative. And he, it seems that he is. Uh, not really contributing much offensively or defensively in, in that matter. Um, and you kind of get the reason why Byron decided not to pick him up and keep him, right? Is they, they thought maybe he didn't have what enough to be at that level, uh, Champions League level. So that's why they got rid of him. And um, it's kind of showing now with Inter. And he's, you know, 
I expected him not, not maybe not to be the same player he was before when he was at Inter, but I thought he would get some you know good assists and goals and and help out offensively. He really hasn't, and he's been coming off the bench a lot as well. But yeah, he's been underachieving so much, and I think Inter would be even a stronger team than they are right now if if Perisic was uh, playing to his uh, ability levels, and he's he's by far not doing that. So he's a deserved uh, in, indoctrination into this uh, top flop eleven, I should say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then finally, our forwards, Paulo Dybala of Juventus and Kevin Lasagna of Udinese yeah. uh, round out our forwards. Uh, Dybala just, he's he's been given enough chances and just, there was one game where he shot everything in sight and you're just like, okay, he's he's working his way out of it. But then he went from that to just going back to disappearing in the appearances that he's been given. Yeah, it's it's I don't know what the heck's going on there because it seems like most of their attack is is doing fairly well, but he just not fitting into Pirlo's system at all. And um, and he's another player where you think that with his with his talent he'd be able to figure it out um, and still contribute more offensively. He really hasn't, and it's been uh, the one uh, one of the one of the few uh, I guess down down things we've seen with Juventus so far this season, especially offensively, because they they do have a lot of possession, do have a lot of chances, but. You know, Dybala, when he gets his chances, they're high and wide and they're nowhere near the goal. And yeah, at times the goal would make some great saves, but uh, you expect someone like him with the seasons he's had in the past to do much better. And, and he's uh, very disappointing for for Juventus. And then Lasagna, uh, you know, we talked about he got that move to, to Hellas, but it just, it wasn't working. Even in the past when Udinese has been struggling, Lasagna has found ways to score goals. And, and, and this season, he just can't for whatever reason. Um, he's getting opportunities and it just he's not facing the stellar goaltender every week. So that's not his excuse. It's just not working out. I don't know if it's just, a, uh, he's not getting the, the right passes to him or what, but um, he needed to go. He, he's certainly in this top 11. He's leading the line for good reason. Cause we had, we all had high expectations for him, especially, you know, the Azzurri fans, you know, we expect uh, to have someone who's going to come off the bench for us uh, in the European championships and, and do well. And at this rate, he's not going to make the team. Uh, so he needs to hopefully go to Hellas and, and turn things around. Yeah, agreed. Agreed with you there. Um, lasagna definitely has the, the to your point. He has the best chance to play his way out of this team, out of everybody that's in this list. So, um, yeah, manager. Um, if we got to pick a manager for this, I, I'm going to say it's Eusebio Di Francesco. Caleri should not be an 18th right now. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, it's it's it, out of the because and, and I'm you still have to have your job right now. I mean, and then let's yeah. let's let's have that. Would have been Liverani, but he just lost his job. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, Eusebio Di Francesco is the 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 manager of this team, but just based on yeah, you know how much Calgary are underachieving at this point. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that he should uh he might not have a job too much longer if this keep if this stays the way it is. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, all right, well, let's move on to something happier, uh, something more uh, that people can strive for and, you know, or whatever, um, you know, aspire to be. I mean, a lot of the people in the chat and ourselves were a little too old to try to aspire to to have the otherworldly talent that these guys have. But these are the guys, these are the 11, and then we also have substitutes as our honorable mentions. Well, let's have some uh, fun with this. Well, let's add a screen here. Let's make it a little bit fun. Oh, wow, look at you guys with the technology. Here, so. This yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. Now, is there a way to do you put substitutes in here or no? They'll they'll just be left on the bench. This is the bench here, and we'll leave them on the bench. Okay, so do we 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 have a huge, uh, you know, pile of candidates here, as you can see. Yep. Um, you can recognize by the pictures who they are, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, we picked our uh, squad. If you know what, we 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 were in agreement except for one player. I think Richard. 
um, which usually we agree on eight and then, you know, make a decision on three. Miguel's in the house. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, Miguel. Um, so let's get on with it. This is the Serie A sit-down squadra finora of the 2020-2021 season. Uh, and in goal, our goalkeeper for the squadra finora is Gianluigi Donnarumma of Milan. Yeah. Seven clean sheets uh, in 19 games. Uh, made some key saves to preserve wins for the Rossoneri. Uh, you know, throughout this remarkable stretch that they've been on um, and a big part of why they are top of the table here in Serie A, the best goalkeeper in the league at the moment. Yeah, there's some, it's a pretty good goaltending performances this year, but I think Donnarumma has come up big. Uh, it's a big reason why Milan are in a position where they are at the moment. Um, you know, at times when the defense does falter, he's there to pick them up, uh, make some big saves and, and big games. Um, he's really starting to become a leader on this team as well, even though he's still like what 21 years old, too. So, I mean, he's still a young guy, yeah. he's played what 200 games or something with Milan already. So, uh, he just he's grown into this position. This position is his, the Azuri position is his as well. Um, and he's his performances this year, like you said, seven clean sheets. And uh, yeah, he's just a stellar quality goaltender that you can rely on game in and game out, no doubt. Yep, he is. He's been very good. We'll talk about the other goalkeeper that we were considering for this position when we get to the substitutes and the honorable yep. mentions. So, um, uh, the uh, squadra finora as well is a four-four-two. Usually, we find a, a formation that pays homage to uh, a manager, um, you know, and his system and that sort of thing, and try to get consistent with it because our our squadra finora does have to be functional, yeah, um, you know, in order for it to work. So. Um, at right back, uh, gone are the times where we had to deputize a left back and Robin Gosens to be our right back for <laughs> our, our our squad that you know and for our team of the season. We actually have a right back. He's actually a right wing back in a 3-5-2, but he qualifies as our right back. Ashraf Hakimi of Inter. Uh, make the squad of Finora. This is a slam dunk. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, we talked about it from the moment this transfer happened that this was the perfect fit signing yeah. um, out of all of the transfers that were going to come to Serie A. And uh, he has not disappointed. He has scored goals. He has created goals. He has given people fits along that flank. He is. Uh, he's lived up to his talent, Richard. Yeah, he's took in uh, last year's uh, sweetheart, uh, Teo Hernandez, and he made him look amateur in the first derby. Uh, he's just, every, anybody comes up against it, can't find a way to defend him. Uh, he's, he's, he's a pretty good defender in his own right, but he also, the attack, what he brings to the attack is just amazing. He's, all, he's constantly down there. The, the amount of energy this guy has, he has the same burst of speed from the, in the first minute of the game and the 90th minute of the game. He is constantly running and he never loses energy. I mean, he's, he's a great player. He's a great fit for, for, uh, Inter, and I think, like you said, sign of the season. Um, Stevie, I know, thinks uh, Calabria's been better. Calabria's been very good. He he was in our. We thought about bringing him in, but Calabria I, was the only other player we were met, we were we were considering yeah, for this position. Yeah, but I think Hakimi has just been lights out. I think compared to Calabria, Calabria's been stellar, but um, above expectation. But I think Hakimi's been just that much better than he is. Um, it was a no-brainer, I think, really for both of us. Yep. We're staying in the city of Milan for our first center back selection, uh, and we are picking uh, Simon Kier of the Rossoneri. Um, when you look at this, he's missed some games through injury. You see how disorganized Milan look without him. When you see him in there, you see how he has it together. You see how, how he has it organized. Um, he is a veteran presence among all of those young players back there. Uh, he has been calm. He's been a rock. He might not 
be athletically imposing, <laughs> but what he lacks in that, he makes up for in tactical smarts uh, and has been a big, big key to Milan's performances defensively and how they've been able to turn uh, a lot of games into wins. Um, you know, Simon Kayer makes our squad the Finora. Yeah, I think if it wasn't for Zlatan, he'd be the player, you know, the best player on the team, you know, based on performance. Um, and and Gigio was obviously doing very well as too, but I think Kiar has been, or uh, however you want to pronounce, it, I'm gonna say Kiar. Uh, he, he's just he's exactly what he's his perfect complement to Romagnoli. Um, and Romagnoli is a really great defender, but I think Kiar makes him that much better, makes the defense that much better, makes the team that much better. His leadership is so important for them, uh, and he just tackles so well. He reads the play. He's positionally great. Um, doesn't have the athletic ability, like you said, but he has the the smarts to be in the right position, perfect timing of the tackles. Um, obviously, plays the best best attackers in the opposition and shuts them down most of the time. Um, you know, health is his big thing. But I mean, when he's when he's playing the game, he is uh, Milan's defense is stellar when he's in there. When he's not, you can tell. Uh, it's a big difference when he's in and he's not uh, with the team. And and that's not to you know discredit anybody else on the defense. They're still a pretty decent defense, but I think with with him back there, they are that much better, and they they look like a top place team with him there. And I think he's uh, absolutely deserving of a spot in the in the back four. Hey, absolutely. And we are staying in Milan for the other center back. Um, staying the whole stay here the whole time, huh? <laughs> a player that you could probably argue is the most improved player in Serie A this season, or he's going to be in your top three in that conversation. Alessandro Bastoni of Inter. Uh, finishes our center back pairing, and yes, he plays in a back three, and he's on the left side of a back three. But the combination, but he proved with the national team that he can be part of a center back fair, pairing in a back four. Yep. Um, he defends well. His passing is exceptional. He gets forward and scores on set pieces. He's kind of become the modern center back uh, that just happens to be the left side of a back three for Inter, but would be a very good fit in our four four two. Alessandro Bastoni of Inter. My goodness. I mean, this guy has such amazing passing ability for his young age. I mean, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, I uh, had that beautiful pass from deep over the top. And I think he found uh, Lukaku uh, for the goal. Or maybe it was Larturo. I forget. Uh, but he can he can pass the ball. He's very good defensively. He's good in the air. Uh, he's got se several header goals this year. I mean, he's just a complete defender. And he's going to be the future for the Azzurri uh, going forward. I think he's going to be playing in the European Championships. Like you mentioned, uh, he did he did very well for them. Um, and there's always been praise for this kid. You know, a lot of a lot of hype came with him before he he started playing with them. Um, but you know, with the hype, sometimes people don't live up to it. And I think Bastoni has certainly maybe stayed grounded with because of those hi that hype and and has played almost to expectations, if not higher. Uh, and so yeah, he's he's one of the best defenders I think this year so far. So a lot of good defenders and some some ones that we've talked about numerous times have been stalwarts, and he's kind of unplanted them so far. Um, he's been very, very good, and uh, you know he's arguably the best defender, the, uh, best defender of the year so far. So, moving over to left back, we're finally going to get out of Milan, Richard. We are. Yeah, we we're going to get out of Milan for this one. Uh, so it wasn't Teo, and it wasn't sure it wasn't Ashley Young. Uh, so not Kolarov. No, not Kolarov either. So um, we are going to Verona. Uh, and our left back in the squad of Finora is Federico Di Marco. Uh, and, I mean, and he is, especially over the last seven or eight games, he has come on like absolute gangbusters for Ivan Juric's men. Great crosser of the ball. Uh, you know, the defending is decent, but when I've got Bastoni next to him, I can I can live with it. Um, you know, 
he scores goals too. He scored a wonder goal just a few weeks ago. Uh, versatile left-sided player in the defense that can get forward. Um, a guy that would frighten me if he ever ended up at Inter uh, as a Milan fan. He'd be a very good fit there. He'd be very good fit at Lazio if you're looking at his next move. Um, but a man that a young man that has come on very strongly um, and has earned this place here. Uh, and you know, you're talking about a you're, you're talking about a league that has a Teo Hernandez, that has an Alexandro, it has a Robin Gozens. These are these are the guys that we've called on in the past that are still very good players at that position. Federico DeMarco has outplayed all of them. He's been very very good and has been a big big reason why we're talking about Verona being some kind of threat to Europe. And now, you know, don't get me wrong, Teo is probably one of the guys that we're talking about. We're having a conversation about as far as you know challenging him for this position, but for me, I've got Federico Di Marco just ahead of him on on what he has done and what he has meant for that on this season. Yeah, you said that he contributes offensively. That's I think that's an understatement because he seems like he's always in the opposition's box, um, either getting shots off or, or trying to find someone for a pass. Either Zakani or Barak or whoever. Um, yeah, he just he's so quick on the ball. He plays smart passes. He's good positionally. He does enough defensively, I think. Uh, like like you said, and I think uh, he's just come on in the last you know ten weeks or so, and is just really just opening your eyes. And every time Verona play, he's always involved. Uh, and so yeah, amazing job by uh, Yurich and his team for or his management for um, getting him ready. And he's really playing way above expectations. And he, like you said, we there's some names in here that normally are in, in this in the starting eleven, but he's outperformed all of them. And not that they're playing bad, it's just he's playing really really well. Um, and uh, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, Teo Hernandez is something, someone who we think, you know, when he's on his top game, he is one of the best, no doubt about it. But you know, this season, I think uh, Mr. DiMarco has played better than him just a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just I, I love the kid. I love watching the kid play. And I like I agree with you. If he ever went to a rival, uh, it just caused me nightmares you know, all the time. I just can't imagine if you like you said Inter. Imagine DiMarco on the left, Hakimi on the right. That's a that's a freaking nightmare there. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. So, uh, yeah, DeMarco makes uh, makes it as our left back. Uh, now moving into the center of our midfield, and uh, we're going to go back to Milan for both of these positions. Um, I mean, they're first and second in the league, and they have been the two best teams in this league up to this point when you take a look at the body yep. of work. Absolutely. Um, you know, so um, let's uh, let's bring out – let's unleash the beast – you know, we talk about Milan ready to unleash is their slogan. Frank Kessie has been a beast yeah. uh, in the midfield for Milan. He has scored some goals. He's, you know, penalties, albeit. Um, but the ball winning, the energy, uh, you know, supporting defenders, uh, covering the ground. Um, the man's all over the place in a good way. Uh, and, you know, We've got guys that can be playmakers. We've got guys that can get goals, and, and Cassie can get his share of goals when we really, really need him to. But we need that guy that's just going to maraud all over the from box to box and just tackle and win everything. Um, and uh, Frank Cassie is in our squad, if you know, this time around. I don't know if there's anyone in our in our top 11 who gets more shit than, than Cassie has, and undeservedly so. I think he's been amazing for them. Uh, he has that grinta, that, that what you need in that midfield, but – his overall talent is just getting better and better each and each and every game. He's bossing people in the midfield. He's bossing big attackers on the opposition. Um, he's doing it all. And and you saw a little bit in the in the derby today where he also has that skill set where he's you know you know juggling the ball around three or four guys and getting past them. And he has speed too. And 
Uh, he's so intelligent. I mean, just, he's just a beast. He is a beast, and he is he's uh, one of the best midfielders. He's from where he started with Milan to where he is now. It's it's just night and day, and and he's getting better and better. And uh, he he's one of the rocks of Serie A in terms of midfielders. Um, for me, and a lot of people were praising Benacer early on, and he Benacer was doing very well, but Cassie has just been a beast all season long. Um, and uh, he's fully deserving of being in our midfield. And the other midfielder we're going to talk about here in a second is just as deserving different qualities, but just as good. Uh, the, the guy's just the guy's just outstanding right now. Um, uh, it, it, the the form that this player is in is is sensational. Um, you know, and it's not the goals he creates chances. Um, he he's a he's a ball winner. I mean. He's an engine room guy. He can defend. He can tack. He can win tackles, but then he can also create. He can also score. He's really becoming a complete midfielder before our eyes in City. Uh, Nicolo Barella uh, completes our two-man central midfield uh, in the squad that if you know for Inter. Yeah, uh, I mean he's 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 probably one of the best midfield midfielders in not only Serie A but probably in Europe at the moment. I mean what he's doing with the Azzurri and for Inter, uh, just amazing things. He he gets assists. He gets the goals. Um, I agree with Steve. You know, if Frank would score more, he'd probably be the complete midfielder. Uh, but Barella is pretty close to that complete midfielder. I mean, just uh, the vision this guy has, the ball winner, like you said, he like he has. He's a leader on the team, on and off the pitch. And uh, I mean, what more can you say? We saw the glimpses of him when he was, you know, coming up the ranks, uh, you know, at, at Cagliari. But what he's doing now is just uh, he's he's took it to another level, and he's making people chase him now. And uh, you know, when he made that position the Azzurri, which is a pretty good midfield there, his own there. Um, and so he he's going to be the first name on the on the sheet and the team sheets for any team he plays with. And I think uh, such a special player. I mean, just such a special player. He's good. On, he's, he can score goals. He can he can pass. He does it all. Uh, amazing yep. player. Yep, no doubt about it. So that's our central midfield. So we've got seven down, four to go. Let's get into the attacking midfield. Uh, and we start with a player um, who just returned. Um, Preve into Ciao guys. Thanks for the show. We'll have to rewind and tune in after work. Forza Barella for life. Yeah, I mean that's the <laughs> impact that he's having among the interfaithful, no doubt about it. Uh, but let's let's talk about a player that only has recently come on over the last seven several weeks. Now he was possibly when we had our team of the season last year, the injury kept him out of the team of the season last year, and people were yeah. thinking, well, that's a snub. Now he's he's played. Uh, you know, and made his appearances. Um, and he has uh, come on like gangbusters ever since coming back. He's the reason why a certain Papu Gomez is now going to be playing in Spain. Josip Ilicic is one half of our attacking midfield in the squad de Finora. What more can you say about this guy? I mean, I think for the reason maybe Atalanta didn't go as far as they could have in the Champions League last year is because they didn't have this guy. Uh, when he when he's on his game, he is a freaking magician. He does, he's not the most athletic guy, but he still evades guys. I mean, we saw uh, what last week or two weeks ago where he went through four guys multiple times in a game and led to goals. Um, he he's not that very quick, but he's just so good, so elusive. His vision is amazing. He can he's got a rocket of left foot. He can shoot with his right foot. Um, he is a magician. He's very underrated for the talent that he has. I mean, when all said and done and he retires, he'll, he'll go down in Atalanta history as one of the best that they've ever had. Um, and, and in City as well. Just, he's, he's a magician with the ball, and it's, it's amazing what this guy can do with being so slow-footed, right? You would think uh, someone at his pace, he could people chase him down, but he's just elusive, and it's, it's an amazing job what this guy can do. I mean, he's just getting better and better with age. He's like fine wine. 
I mean, just 10, uh, 10 starts, 13 total appearances, but three goals. And that doesn't even tell the story. He's got five assists. He's got 2.7 key passes per game. Um, you know, crosses the ball. Uh, and, and we needed a guy in this starting 11 that could take some set pieces for us too. Let's face it. I mean, we've got DeMarco that could do it. And we got a couple of good left footed players now in this team. Uh, so that certainly helps us out. The other half of the attacking midfield is the one where you and I, um, I, I conceded to your pick. Um, but I don't think we would have gone wrong with any, any decision, but we're going to go to Roma and we're going to go to Henrik Mkhitaryan making our squad Finora. Eight goals and eight assists for the Giotto Rossi, a big, big part of why Fonseca's men currently sit in third. Um, really the the catalyst of the counterattack for this Roma team, when you see them going forward um, and when you see them on the break, he is always involved, it seems. Um, and we're going to have moments where we're going to have to get behind the ball a little bit. And, uh, you know, I need a guy that can, you know, work in behind our forwards. We can that can trail things or that can, you know, that can pass and that can follow, <clears throat> you know, eight goals and eight assists. Uh, you know, you mentioned Mkhitaryan should be in our squad. If you know it, I was not going to fight you on it. And I'll, uh, I'll share who I thought deserved the other attacking midfield spot a little bit later, but let's talk about Mkhitaryan and why he's deserving of his place. Yeah. There, I mean, there's some certainly other options that we could have gone with, but I mean, you look at what this guy contributes to Roma. He is a big reason why Roma are in the third position right now on the table. Um, eight goals, eight assists. I mean, that's, that's amazing for any kind of player. And, uh, we we talked about how good this Roma midfield is, but he is the catalyst for it all. Uh, he, he he can play in the in the false nine when he needs to. Uh, he leads the counterattacks. Yeah, he's just he's just such a good player, and he's been a good player for a long, long time. Many wonder though, you know, with, with his age getting up there, he's what 31, 32 years old. Could he still do it? And he still's got pretty good good pace for him for himself. Um, but he's very creative, very elusive, much like Ilicic. Uh, and he's always in the right place at the right time. He just knows where the open spot is. Or can find the open spot for his teammate, whoever's Mayoral or Jekka or whomever. Uh, he can find people, and he's just—he's a huge reason. Like I said earlier, why Roma are in third place. I think if they don't have him, they're going to be—they're going to be somewhere, you know, a seventh, eighth spot. And I think uh, Roma are in a far better position this season because of the way he's playing. I, I had Roma, you know, being out of the top four, maybe even out of the top six. Uh, but the way he's playing right now, it, he's making them a Champions League, a Champions League team. I mean, it's no, no. You can't say anything about it. It's 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 fact there, and eight goals, eight assists. I mean, that's that's great for any player, and good for him. Yep, yep, indeed, no doubt about it. Um, now we move on to the strikers, um, and uh, we will uh, we will lot start. A lot of options. A lot of options, man. We have strikers that we left off, even off the substitutes bench. That would be very very rewarding. Would be in this team, guys that have been in this squad. If you know that, that we don't even have in the conversation right now. Yeah. Um, that's how good it's been uh, with strikers in this league this year. And it's always a great season for strikers. But we're gonna go back to Milan, and we are gonna go with Zlatan Ibrahimovic for the squad. If you know that. And this is all about goal frequency. Yeah. The man is scoring about every 60 minutes in the league. And a 39-year-old shouldn't be doing that, Richard. No, he, he really shouldn't. He's, what, 12 goals in something like 10 games or something? He, I mean, he's been missing for a good part of the season. I remember that. And he's still up there in the goal scoring. Uh, you say he scores every game, one or two goals every game. He obviously scored you know, in the game today. Uh, for a guy his age, he's putting up ridiculous numbers. Uh, he might be the best 39-year-old ever. I don't know. 
Uh, but just enough, just in the frequency aspect, that's why. I mean, there's some guys who have maybe a couple more goals than him, but um, yeah, the frequency that he's putting these goals in for any age is is unreal. And you know, for his thirty ripe thirty nine year old age to have twelve goals and whatever many games, more goals and games, it, it's hats off to him. He had to be in the lineup because of his performance. Um, twelve goals in nine appearances. Nine appearances. So I gave him one game extra. So look at that. That's ridiculous. Yep. So let's just put that in perspective. If he's fit enough to play the last 19 games, he'll finish the season with 37 goals at that pace. <laughs> My goodness. He'll break he'll break Immobile's record if he continues that pace. Now, of course that's going to normalize. Yeah. You know, but and he's fragile lately, so Yeah, so that is why he makes this team. I mean, the pace is just absolutely ridiculous. And when we get to the substitutes bench, we're going to talk about another player who's on a ridiculous pace as well. Yeah. Rounding out the squad, but if he not up, uh, is Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, this is a country for all. We got a lot of old dudes on this team. Um, <laughs> but fifth, played 15, scored 15. That's yeah, good. fine. Some of them have penalties, but you still got to score them. I mean, you know, if if we we dog if we dog him for scoring penalties now, then we have to take away Immobile being our player of the season last season uh, for his record breaking year because a lot of those goals were a number of those goals were penalties. Yeah. So uh, Ronaldo makes the squad. If you know what, fifth played fifteen, scored fifteen. One of the leading. I think he is. Is he the leading scorer right now at this he point? Is. He is. Okay. By two goals, so, I think over Lukaku. Yep. So the 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 current leader in the race for the Capocannonieri gets in the squad. If you know, I don't think we've ever had one where the current Capocannonieri leader was not in it. Uh, so Ronaldo makes it on that, makes it on his 15 goals, and uh, being a big part of why Juve are right in the thick of things. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's uh, fully deserving. And like 15 goals, 15 games, so no, nothing to slouch about. Uh, it looks it looks uh, mediocre compared to 12 goals in nine games uh, from Zlatan, but still 15 and 15. He's he's still continuing to produce. Uh, he's going to end up around 30 goals this year, uh, much as he did last year. So yeah, it doesn't matter. This guy's good, and you know at times when the offense is struggling over at Juventus, he he produced something out of nothing. Whether with his headers, his shots, his assists, uh, he he can still do it at at 34 years old, so or 35, whatever he is. Uh, so yeah, it's a no brainer for me with this one. First eleven, so our first eleven uh, for the squad. That if you know the goalkeeper Gianluigi Donnarumma, a back four of Ashraf Hakimi, Simon Kier, uh Alessandro Bastoni, and Federico Di Marco, a central midfield pair of Francesi and Nicola Barrera, an attacking midfield of Josip Ilicic and Henrik Mkhitaryan, and our front two of Cristiano Ronaldo and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We're not going to outrun anybody with that lineup. No, we we're just gonna beat them on we talent. We're just gonna beat them on talent alone. Yeah, we may not have to <laughs> beat them up is what we'll do. <laughs> well, but, I think this uh, team needs a, a manager. What do you think? I mean, there's some a lot of good managers. Before we get to substitutes, we, we discussed about the managers. Stefano Pioli is the manager of the half season. I mean, yeah, and and it is only just over Ivan Juric of Verona, uh, yeah. in our opinion. Um, I mean. We're everybody's back doing their predictions for Serie A and talking about Inter, talking about Juventus, you know, talking about Milan. Finally, this being the season they're in fourth. I don't, no ardent Milan supporter would see Milan as winter champions. Uh, other than Ibra, other than Ibra, other than Ibra, <laughs> which is what Milan are. Uh, currently top of the table and ahead by two points and has Milan fans dreaming, maybe, just maybe. I'm still being. 
stubborn about this and saying, hey, top four, I don't care where in the top four, just get top four. Um, but for me, Stefano Pioli, and not only that, but having to, you know, juggle things, you know, going periods of time without Ibrahimovic, going periods of time without Kai, or going periods of time without Benacer, you know, key players and still plugging guys in and figuring out how to grind out wins uh, and, and keep this place at the top of the table. And I think the combination of all of that makes Stefano Pioli um, our manager of the half season and the manager of this squad, if you know the team. Yeah, I agree about that. And I think, you know, a, a close second was, like you mentioned, was Ivan Juric. The job he's doing with Hellas Verona uh, is, is just amazing. They're currently in eighth place. Uh, like I said, uh, of the top eight teams, head to head, Hellas has the best record. Uh, they play stout defensively, they can score goals. I mean, look what they did to Napoli this past weekend 3 1 there. Uh, now they're getting a, a, a quality striker with and Kevin Lasagna. Uh, so yeah, I mean the job that they do there. I mean year in and year out, it seems like that they 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 grow these special talents and then they lose them to a bigger club and then they just plug somebody else in and then continue going on. Very much like yep. Atalanta, but on the defensive side. And again, one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, I think of the top eight, they're they're the number one in terms of goals against, if, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, the job that he's done there, it's a, it was certainly an honorable mention. But Pioli, you know, Milan, no one predicted Milan to be where they are right now, and I think a, a lot of credit has to go to him. Yep. Here's my substitutes bench. I wonder what yours is. It's yep. uh, Marco Silvestri as our backup goalkeeper from Hellas Verona. Yeah. Uh, Davide Calabria of Milan at, as a as a backup fullback. Kalidou uh, Koulibaly of Napoli. Yeah. To back up the center backs. Um, Hakan Chalanolu was my choice for attacking midfield just over uh, Mkhitaryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went ultimately agreed with you on Mikatari and with the eight goals and the eight assists. Uh, Chalanolu at his position has created a ton of chances. Uh, yeah. You know, certainly deserves a mention. Domenico Berardi of Sassuolo for the role that he's played and having the uh, you know, they've, they've dropped off here recently. Um, but you know, at the beginning of the season and how the first through the first fourteen or fifteen games, they were making a very aggressive push for a European place. They're going to have to regroup and get themselves back on track. Uh, but Domenico Berardi was a big, big part of that. Uh, Romelu Lukaku of Inter, um, you know how much they depend on him and and you know and what he means to them. The goals he scored. He's my pick for Capucan and Yeri. I think he may still uh, pull this out here at the end, but yeah. And then my last striker was Luis, Luis Muriel of Atalanta. The guy is scoring a goal every 50 minutes, if you're talking about frequency. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And he doesn't start every game. And this is absolute <sighs> madness. And he is just popping up and scoring goals like crazy. Super so, sub. Super yeah. sub. So I've got Silvestri, Calabria, Koulibaly, Chalhanolu, Berardi, Lukaku, and Muriel. I've got no Lazio in my squad. Some of the people that uh, some I, I agree with all those substitutes there. Some other ones that I you know that came to my mind. Um, Chiro Immobile, probably the purest striker in the league that we have. Uh, he's still putting up goals uh, year in and year out. Uh, Luis Spinozo, Alberto was very hard for me to leave out yeah. altogether. Uh, you know, Luis Alberto and Sergei Milinkovic Savic. I think he's played very well as well. Yeah. I mean, this weekend he had a bullet of a header for his goal with Lazio in their two-one victory there. So those three Laziale there. Uh, Spinazzola. I really like the way he's been playing for Roma this year. Uh, got another assist uh, this weekend. Um, he just continued to perform for for Roma, not necessarily for the national team, but you know for Roma, he's doing really well for them. Um, and I thought he's been a, a great addition for them. He's certainly an upgrade from Kolarov that they had in the past there. Um, some other names: uh, Zakani, uh, another player from Verona, who I thought yeah. has been having a hell of a season. 
Um, he, you know, there's some other some other players that are playing outperforming him at the moment, but I think he's just coming out of the blue and he's stayed strong. He scored a goal uh, this past weekend, scoring goals and assists every weekend. Um, what a player! He's going to be something special. He's going to make a big money move here uh, probably this summer, I would expect. And then uh, the last two players I have that uh, on my bench, uh, Acerbi for Lazio. I think he's been a very good, strong uh, defender uh, year sure. in, year out. No, no matter his age, he still gets it done. And then lastly, I'm going to give a shout-out to Weston McKinney. He's having a hell of a season for Juventus, and it's really what they need in that midfield. Uh, someone strong, a lot of green thumb, getting the goals, getting the you know set-piece plays, being there for the header. So uh, he's a little bit of everything that, that Juventus need and haven't had in a long time. In the midfield, yes, any Juventini, they're going to say they're going to give lots of praise to Weston McKinney. So, I mean, all great shouts. I mean, there have been so many positive performances in Serie A, and when you have, when you have an open campionato like we have right now, uh, you're just, you know, you you just dive into it and you see, you know, how positive everybody's playing right now. And you even go look down in some of these other. I mean, we didn't even talk about Rodrigo De Paul and what he's meant to Udinese, what Embala uh, and Zola has meant to Spezia so far. Um, you know, as a couple of, uh, as a couple of examples here, um, you know, looking at some of those teams that are sitting right now in the mid table, uh, Caprari for Benevento, uh, Sampdoria, you know, a, a couple of players really, uh, you know, making Antonio Candreva certainly made an impact there. Yeah. Um, absolutely. you know, Algello, another left back you want to talk about, Algello had some yeah. decent performances going in. Yeah. So, you know, in the Lazio guys, like I said, I th- the hardest one for me to leave out altogether was Luis Alberto after singing his praises last week with Jerry talking about him in the Rome Derby. I just I, I look at Chalhanolu, I look at Berardi, I look at you know, if, if if I really had to do it, I would take out Berardi for Luis Alberto, but it would be on the bench. I mean, we're 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 talking about we're we're talking we're we're splitting hairs here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, so that's uh. You know, so that's where we're that's where we're going as far as all of this is concerned. Um, but uh, you know, I feel good about the I feel good about the squad we've selected, and uh, uh, you know, I <laughs> I think it would go out and, and and kick the crap out of a lot of people, you know, just on experience. So yeah, and a yeah, nice absolutely. little added, you know, an, an attitude with some of the players that we got on that team. So. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, squad, if you know it, once again, Doruma, Hakimi, Kair. Bastoni, Di Marco, Kessi, Barella, Ilicic, Mikatarian, Ibrahimovic, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, have at us at Syria Sit Down on Twitter, Instagram. Where do we get it wrong? And now for the world's most famous hashtag game, <laughs> it is now time for Who Won Calcio Twitter. That's right. Uh, starting. So starting us off, uh, the first one I have comes from Don Totti. Uh, supporters of other football teams think darkness is their ally, but y'all merely adopted the dark. Romanisti were born in it, molded by it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's uh, this was after the uh, was this shortly after the the, the derby loss? Yes. Yes. So yes. Zaniolo fan back on the board. He actually was our winner for. Uh, who won Calcio Twitter tweet of the year uh, at Nicola Nicola Di Giovanni. Is that the next one here? Uh, No, that's Um, a a hockey one. So that doesn't qualify. It's a hockey one. It's a funny one, but it's not hot. It's not Calcio related. So, uh, okay. The next one is the UA Milan one. Uh, Okay. So at Holzer underscore Marco, um, (laughs) the Bernie Sanders sitting there, (laughs) 
with the uh, the old picture of uh, how the ball was at least a yard over the line on the Muntari. goal from yeah uh, on the goal from Muntari uh, against Juve that uh, cost Milan the title and started Juve's run of uh, it's it's Juve's no tuck rule right that's right that's right, that's right. It's, it's, this that's was, it's Juventus's tuck rule right here <laughs> that, you're, that you're seeing right before uh, our eyes oh man. Well, I guess uh, George wanted to get on the act as well, and uh, joining me on the podcast apparently was Bernie Sanders at your house. Did you know that, Frank? I had no idea that Bernie was at. Bernie is never welcome at my house, by the way. So He's sitting in and your that has nothing to do with my polit- has nothing to do with how I lean politically. I just I'm not a Bernie Sanders guy, and he's not welcome at my house. He's the kind of guy that I'd have to sh- if I shook his hand, I'd have to check my wrist to make sure my watch was still on. Okay. Uh so um, it's not council Twitter, but it should be considered at City. I sit down at William Topham one. Um, we have it appears to be Klopp and uh, the Burnley manager yelling at each other in the in the hallway. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, uh, okay, let's see this one. Next one is uh, I, I, yeah. I, I Sean Dyche is not a guy I would have any interest in picking a fight with. No, absolutely not. Absolutely so. not. Absolutely not. Uh, next one is uh, so Europa League. Uh, they tweeted out name a Euro a Europa League final goal you'll never forget. And uh, Farinho underscore ten said Lukaku versus Inter. <laughs> <laughs> that was delivered to us by our good friend Michael Lisi. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Giovanni at Gio Rossonero, He nominated at UK underscore AC Milan. Looks like looks like having fans in the stadium really does affect the players. On huh? <laughs> apparently these are characters from Fortnite. Uh, Is sure. that what it was? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I believe that that's what this was. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> what's with the bear in the middle? That's, I don't know. <laughs> then you got the purple donkey in the back right hand side, and it looks like you got an angry nutcracker yeah. over here and a you pumpkin with a mustache. <laughs> a pumpkin with a mustache in the left hand side. Interesting. Or a peach. I don't know. I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, those are the season ticket holders, aren't they? Uh, I think so. I think so. Okay. Uh, next one, uh, Gianni also pointed us to this one. Hey, by the way, the Calcio guy is doing great of uh, pointing us in some of these tweets that we missed. So yeah, kudos to them. Uh, so this one comes from Buffonissimo2001. It's Sandro Tonali highlights versus Atalanta. And some guy in like a witch outfit chasing little kids around. The <laughs> 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 so next Pirlo. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is, uh, that's that that could be up there, guys. Oh, that's good. That could be up there. Uh, <laughs> at uh, Sergio D underscore D nominating at XJZU. Um, Handanovic. It's Handanovic as Bernie Sanders. In goal, apparently, do nothing. <laughs> Just yeah. Against Udinese. Yeah, he didn't do anything, did he? No, so. no. <laughs> that's funny. I missed that before, so. Uh, let's see. Uh, so George saying, uh, Atalanta doing Atalanta things, not against Cali. And then laughing. Yeah. They just, yeah, uh, the, uh, the good color scene. Oh my. <laughs> uh, let's see. What is this one? Uh, bald in Bergamo. <laughs> I see that lovely new bald heads, Zlatan challenge accepted. <laughs> Zlatan is bald. Uh, I think that okay. was superimposed because they had that. Yeah, yeah, he's not bald by any stretch. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from our friend Carlo Garganese, uh with a picture of a Saudi flicking <laughs> off. So it's an exclusive Frank Lampard to be sacked by Chelsea and, uh, and Saudi just laughing with his middle finger up. <laughs> nice. 
let's see. What's uh, next? Martino Puccio joining. Oh, yes. You know, he said this, you know, after the uh, Ibrahimovic goal here in the uh, Copa, Milan's best player in the two Derby matches this season has been Kolarov. <laughs> <laughs> it has been true. It is true. Uh, so uh, Farinho this time he uh, he played a nominee and he pr- he nominated the Prince of All Shosas uh, at B U S H I Z I E and it says only interplayers that get paid for the refs. <laughs> All right, All right. Uh, and uh, that's all I had. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. We got to pick a winner right. out of that, huh? I think I think well, at least my pick is gonna be is gonna be the sound of the tonality. Yeah, highlight. I'm I'm I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Oh, that was that was a pretty good one. I'm with you. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> there's music to it too. You should. We're gonna tweet this out, but there's music to it too. It's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll do it in a second. Uh, at Buffonissimo 2001. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny, then the fun part is he's got it's a Buffon and a Parma kit as his <laughs> avatar. That's pretty okay. sweet. All right. I so like we got to give him credit for that too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh, that's awesome. Let him know right now, and then in just a minute, I'm going to go ahead and uh, so Buffonissimo 2001. Congratulations, you have won. Who won Calcio Twitter uh, for your take on Sandro Tonali's highlights? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you heard music? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty good it's pretty good this might be on the rack for the for the best of 2021 yeah yeah we might yeah. have an early clubhouse leader I we'll think. have to remember that we'll have to tag these some way so we can come back and, and find them later right the music uh, is lovely yeah 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 <laughs> that's good so all right well great stuff as always we've got it we've we've we've, we've we've wrapped it all up richard i think we can put a bow on this edition of seria sit down yeah Shameless yeah plug time i think we had a, a little mini video here earlier in the week yeah, yeah. So we're gonna promote. Uh, we had a nice little uh, a brief history on Parma. We we posted a video on, on our YouTube page, so definitely check that out. It's, uh, it's a short video, so you know, for those who have the short attention span like me, you'll you'll enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, it goes through the ups and downs of Parma, so definitely check that out on our YouTube page. Um, and then other than that, uh, I'll be on the uh, Far Away Fan Podcast here this weekend coming up to talk about uh, some a little bit of culture there. So I'm giving them a shout out. And then uh, obviously the culture connection, they were on our show last week. Uh, it covering for me doing a marvelous job. Uh, so thank you to both those guys, Alex and, uh, and Jerry there. So uh, as always, you can follow me at R underscore K H A R M A N at Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want. So I'm there. So at FTC underscore 21, that's where you can find me. Uh, Steady I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, on we can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there are podcasts, you can find City Sit Down. Uh at City Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram for any comments, ideas, questions that you want us uh to cover on future shows. Uh also can find us on Facebook as well. So that is where all of the social media and all of the uh, media vehicles uh, are covered. So um, chat, thank you as always. Great talking with you guys, even though we had a little mini Milan interfight in the middle of that. That's a derby. Steve Steve was ready to brawl. So (laughs) he's got the Ebra blood in him. Yeah, he does. Uh, Apollo Solutions had a question. Views on my We talked about it earlier. He needs time. Um, 
and Milan need to figure out what his best fit is. Uh, it's really what it comes down to. The talent is there. It's just got to... Yeah, I like we, him a lot. How do they make it work? So uh, is is our opinion. So um, squad de Finora, crap on a cracker 11. We we did it all. Who won Calcio Twitter? Wrapped up match week 19. Second half of the season coming, th- coming up. Games right. are going to come thick and fast. European football is going to be coming back. Our Serie A teams are going to be back in that. And uh, all of it's in front of us and a whole lot to look forward to. So, yeah. uh, But we'll be back with you around this time next week. Uh, for Richard, I'm Frank. As always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.